welcome, welcome. Welcome to the podcast that Rach and I have created. We have created. I Okay, here's one of our problems I think that we had with doing season one and season two. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what episode number we're on. Me either. I think it's a real oversight. It's not consistent over over the boards either, I don't think. No, absolutely not. Like on Spotify versus mm. YouTube. Oh, yeah. I mean, YouTube, we didn't do everyone on YouTube. The first, like, I think eight episodes or something, we were like, hey, we can't. We're just trying to figure this out. We don't want to figure YouTube Bear out. Bear with us. Hey, hang in there. YouTube commune, rise <laughs> up. The YouTube community has been through it, and we got to say that. Yeah, but we, we're thankful you're still hanging with. Yeah, because I agree. I have started watching some podcast episodes on YouTube. Hmm. Just if I, like, you know, really want to listen. I love but also, very, It's very nice. And if I see clips from a podcast like i follow like glennon doyle's podcast or Brene brown's podcast and it like if i see clips from it like on instagram after i've already listened to it i'm like oh my gosh this feels different it does Seeing you talk to each other and smile while the other you know like it's just i get it i get the I, appeal i definitely get it and if i am listening to an episode i will look up 100 percent what you look like you know like i already am doing research on what you look like yes. so if i'm listening in the car and i don't have the youtube accessible yes i can like just picture it in my head yes by and the way i did listen to that um glennon episode oh, that I, was you posted. Pl- I was about to plug it in i was just somebody like everybody's gotta listen to that it's so good yeah. i okay so Have you listened to pe- the second part of it yes yeah so f- i guess for people who didn't know rach posted that and yeah. then i listened it's not something that i posted and then yeah but wow i just felt like this hit like the episode with Liz Gilbert, who is the author of Eat, Pray, Love. Um, I just felt like it ticks so many boxes. And mm-hmm. it's rare to find a podcast episode, especially like a mental health podcast episode, that it's like, oh, I think everyone should listen to this. And I just felt like, you know, there was just like there's talks of addiction and grief and divorce and coming out. And I was just like, this really just this scratches the itch for me. Yeah, emotionally. I found it really interesting, too, that she had a similar story that Glennon does to Abby mm-hmm. as uh, listed to Raya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just really cool. It's like someone who was her best friend was just like, you know, what? I'm freaking in love with you. Yeah. Didn't realize <laughs> but this. it was. Yeah, it was. It was just really cool that her whole story. And like you said, going through all the things, grief, yeah. addiction. Yeah. I mean, I was plugged in dialed into the whole thing yeah and like it really takes a lot but i do i do love all of them so yeah that's my like a- i'll go on that's my hot girl walk i know you're supposed to listen to like music on hot girl walks but i'll go for a hot girl walk and listen i to, listen during my hot girl things. walk with my dogs nice yeah. i'm i've been navigating walking and jogging with two dogs so it has been do you have it uh, around the waist i have i i so I was just doing barley around the waist because she knows the deal. And I was having cores on the leash. Mm-hmm. I did try both of them on. But it's hard because they – it's hard. I know. And cores, I have – it's – I think the hard thing about dog training is like we've got them down pretty well in our house. But it's when you bring them outside the house, you're like, why are you doing that? All rules out the door yes. for them. It only like makes sense in there. In I their know. small area. I, I know. know. So we have to do more like callback stuff with him because it's like you can't just be jumping. Like I'm talking leaping. Yeah. Leaping. Like 
will be running by someone, someone will be with a mower, and then he'll just turn around and like jump for joy. Basically. Yeah, look here. And I'm like, hey, here. hey, because Barley's got the look at me. Everybody would make fun of me when I got Barley, and I, that was the first thing I taught her. What look at me. Everybody would be like, hey, Barley, got... look at me. I'm like, hey, it's worked. She's a goddamn angel. Whatever works. Whatever works. Whatever Nobody's works. judging your dog mom abilities. No. Okay. Something I thought about last night as I was scrolling Facebook and I came across. Ooh, wait. Pause. Facebook? Okay. Here's the deal. Are, are, who is still scrolling Facebook? Rise up. Raise your hand People right now. People who run out of time on their other apps, Jess. And I wanted to do a social media episode, but. Hey, no. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> We're coming out it? of a deep depression. Is, okay. But um, something you don't want to hear. No, no, no. So this is one of my toxic traits that I've I've found out. Lay it on me. I will look at every single GoFundMe. Every single GoFundMe. <laughs> never donate. <laughs> never. What's wrong with you? I read you the updates. Know? I read everything. Like because you want to know about what's going on with other people's tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could say I get off on it. I guess I it scratches Face- the itch. Man. That is. Funny. I guess Facebook is the place to go. Like, I guess a real life tragedy. Somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody knows this person. And they and, are got in a tragic accident. And it's needs... close to home. That is funny. Like, is there a feed on GoFundMe that you can just peruse through? Oh my God. Like like Venmo. You know how Venmo you could just see what other people are doing? I hope there is. Like all the GoFundMe's in the world and all the tragedies that they need money raised for? Yeah. Mm. Love it. But also, if someone just throws a Venmo tag my way, a Venmo, their thing, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some money on Venmo, but don't ask me to fill out a form on GoFundMe. What are husband and wife doing Venmo back and forth to each other? What are you guys doing? When what people doing? Venmo back and forth, husband and wife, can we talk about something? Like, you Venmo each other for food? Flag on the play. Whoa. Flag on the play. What are you guys doing? Hey, I'm not here to judge how you guys handle your money. I get it. But also at the same time, for Chipotle? Right, we Josh, or is that code for Chipotle? What else could it be? I don't know. Bill, I don't know. Bills. <laughs> oh, yeah, Josh and I have a shared bank account now. Before marriage, hey, we share. We have a house. That's so true. That that's what that's from. Our house account. Yeah, which we both put money into. Mm-hmm. Him a little more than me because this bitch has a wedding to pay for. Yes, so we kind of he's taking the bulk of. I, I throw a little bit of a couple hundos in there when I can. Just sporadically, yeah. like, here you go. Mm-hmm. I'll, let me add to the pot yep. when I can. Yeah. But I guess that comes with our job, too. It's like we don't have that steady, steady same amount every two weeks, you know? Right. It just ebbs and flows as it does. Yeah. And somehow we come out on top. Yeah. And I said we'd ta- have – I think I might do a full wedding breakdown cost episode after the wedding – because I could give it to you now, but it's not going to be accurate because there's always shit that rises up the week of the wedding. You know, it's like mm-hmm. random Amazon oh, purchases. For sure. Like, so I want to do that. Um, but I will fill you guys in that I did break down and I did ask my dad for money. <laughs> no shame. Again. I said, hey, he asked many times if I needed help, but he helped us. Like he gifted us with money for our house. And I just felt like I'm an adult. I can do this. Um, but. Hey, if he's willing, and hey. then also if it doesn't come with any stipulations, which we will get to in this episode, yeah, being it as parents navigating parents and wedding planning, and wedding planning. But 
I mean, there's no shame in that game. Like, like I said, like if he's willing, if he's already offered, and all you had to do was just reach out to him again, mm-hmm. absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Parents want to help. Yes, and my dad definitely likes the providing for me and my sister and knowing we're taken care of. And absolutely, um, I just I was crunching some numbies and I was like, hey, <laughs> I still haven't. My accountant made a grave error, and it was giving me an extension on my taxes. Mm. I said, you don't want to do that because now it's at the back of my mind. It's I gotta, all right. It's on, it's on the list. It's on some list somewhere for me to get down to it. Fuck taxes. Like a big middle finger to taxes for the self-employed. Yep. I'm sorry. Like I have I money saved up it. for it, but. Yeah, because you're. I've been a, doing this for a little bit longer. Yeah, you know? you're right. You're right. Yeah, and I always just like. I want. I always throw more money in than I think because it's like, then that's your little tax return. That's how I treat it. It's like when I put away a lot of money for taxes, and I like don't spend all of it. That's my tax return. So I have nine thousand dollars put away for my tax account. If I only owe six thousand, I got a three thousand dollar tax return. Oh, it's a little treat, aka straight to your wedding. Yep, it's a little treat. That's also why I need to do my taxes because I got to know how much treats I have, how many treats that I can spend. Yeah, man. Fuck it. Fuck being self-employed. Yeah, it's for the birds. For the <sighs> birds. Yeah. Anywho, Jess, you might know more about this, but there was some full moonage. Yes. Did you feel to like the sp- world was awry with to energy? be specific? It was the Superflower Blood Moon, and it happened over the weekend. And if you were anything like me, you were feeling the tension. You were feeling overwhelmed, feeling down could be just just the weight on you is heavy did it affect certain signs more than other signs is that how some of this works i didn't get that far into my research about it because something was happening i've also been josh's energy was off so i wonder if it was affecting the aquarius i wonder if it's just everyone okay there probably are some affected more than others but to tell you what the virgos rise up it hit us hard yeah i could i could attest to that but anyways Feelings of heightened emotions and and tension were in the air. And that is fine because it should be subsiding now that the lunar eclipse has passed. And I guess it's like called the flower moon because of spring, I guess is what they called it. The blood comes from the color that it produced when it was happening. But did you watch the eclipse? I did not. My dad texted me when it was happening. And I love him. He's a big nature. He's the biggest nature guy I know. He's. He's big into nature. He's a published author. He is. I know. I love that. Award big bird winning. guy. Award. Award. He's here winning. to win some type of award. Um, anyways, it's over. Um, you should be feeling a little lighter now. I guess the eclipse is a signal of marking change, major changes. Jeez. And it should be bringing us growth and transformation. We love so to see we it. So are, we love to see it. We are hoping for it. Um. Yeah, that with mixed mixed with yoga for me um, really just opened the floodgates of emotion. So I've been having a lot of a yoga lot of heavy will get days. you down bad. I was I'm telling you, yesterday I was absolutely down bad. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I cried that much in a day, and it was I went to yoga in the morning, major hip openers, and I if you're a yogi, you know that something is done in every every class but this was like the main focus 
Mm-hmm. And then I remember... Was um, it like a yin class? No, it was a slow flow. Oh. And it was good. The teacher was just... I love her. Her name's Sally. She's at Inner Bliss. But I think she was just like, if you're feeling something come up right now, just let it out. I'm like, okay, oh seriously, don't. Don't don't antagonize it because it's it's at my throat and it's about to come out. Anywho, major hip openers, major emotional release. Um, so I'm hoping to to transform here into Can't wait to see it. The Jess. lunar eclipse is gonna bring me growth. I want to see more of your flower blood moon and I, I lo- want to see that more more yeah, of that out of you. We're hoping for it. But if you <laughs> felt that way, you're not alone. Um the moon affects mood, and if you don't believe it, spend a week yeah. in the uh, in an autism center for yeah for uh, any type of full moon. You'll you'll see it. So or schools or yeah anything, anything anything that requires like a large group of people, you'll be able to see. It is very actually and trying weird. to control them and kind the of energies. observing moods. It's mm-hmm. it's wild. So I'm not woo woo enough for it, but I just like I believe that it. like it's a fact. Like it does, oh, it just is a fact. It's it just scientific is. at this point. Like I can't get into it, but I agree. Yeah, I concur. Yeah, well, we're not alone out there, guys. Transformation and growth are in the future. Yeah, it's hard out here for a shrimp. So it's hard out here for a shrimp, and I'm the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I love that saying. I mean, I can't believe I've never said it before. Laura says it all the time. It's so funny. But it, I think it's the play on, it's hard out here for a pimp. Oh, I never a, made that, that connection. Isn't that a song? Or a line in a song? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it's from. So you guys just said shrimp because... Because it's... I don't think we can relate to being pimps. I mean, not that we can relate to being shrimps, but... It's cuter. <laughs> I just love that you said it's hard out here for a shrimp. Hard out here for a shrimp. <laughs> you said it today. I know. It's. I mean, it's in my mind. Laura, you're on my mind, Gail. What's Laura, up with you, Rach? Anything new? <sighs> Anything new to report? Anything funny happen? Anything funny? Well, Jess left her Marco Polo on for like <laughs> five to ten minutes. Wait. She was Marco Poloing me and Madison and accidentally, like, she, instead of um pressing off she like double clicked it so she <laughs> turned it off then turned it right back on put it in her pocket so we got to hear some unfiltered conversations between her and joe and when i say the longest piss i've ever heard in my okay, life you heard okay if you watch the whole polo it's me getting out of the car joe's coming to greet me and i'm like i have to pee i think it's the first thing i say yeah like i had to go yeah and i was doing better about drinking water on this hot wedding day very good. I'm like i'm not waking up with a wedding hangover I 100% am going to be ready for this. So I drank shit ton of water. Just to preface. And I'm like, I have to pee. I have to pee. Joe has this spread of a table. This was not shown because the phone was in my fanny pack. Yeah. Joe has like wine and pasta and and garlic bread spread, fresh flowers on the table. And I'm like, oh, I love this. This is so sweet. And I like run into the bathroom and I pee for what feels like minutes two and minutes. minutes. So like it's it's a very strong flow for a full minute, and then there's a I bit of a, a pause, and then you bladder. start talking. You say some more things, and then Joe, can you check me just, for text? Yeah, it's okay. a slow, and then it's just like, and a then I itch my butt crack. I mean, I didn't catch that. I well, no, see. but that's what brings out the more pee. You itch the top of or the side of your butt or the top of your crack, and more pee will come out. Wait, you don't do this? You don't do this? 
Rach, no, no, no. <laughs> Listen, you told you that. I've just done it as long as I can remember. You're mm. not done peeing. Guarantee. Itch. Relax your butt a little bit. Relax into it and itch. So your who told your you pelvic to do floor this? relaxes and it just another stream will come out. I Joe. Joe no. does it too. I've watched him do it. Joe he itches, stands. Yes, and, and he itches the side of no, his butt no. to relax a little more. I knew. I knew. It. I was like, okay, I'm not the only one. My Britt does it. My sister does it. It's the top of your butt, and another flow will come riding out, come flowing out. Is this? Did you learn this? Never learned it. Just did it and have done you, it for the rest of my life. You just naturally scratch your ass crack when you're peeing, just like oh, a little tickle. <laughs> Just I am in it. shock. Well, I'll give it a go. In horror. Give it a go. It's a little, it's just, and then you have to like let it feel good. There's something about it that it has to be like kind of relaxing. You're like, oh. Flow number two. You, you copy be... yourself a little feel. Low key. Low key. <laughs> and flow number two will come out. I would love to know if you guys, if this happens to you if guys. You stroke your upper ass crack. Or just even the urinating. size. Give it a little tickle. The ticket ticket. okay well okay could be me but could be everyone else i know there's people gonna be like jess i do the same thing well good i'm glad you're not alone okay anything else from your weekend anything other than just a full mental breakdown or that's that's all that was all that was on the agenda i mean fair enough fair enough um i mean oh i shot a wedding this weekend with um a videographer i second shot with him um his name's justin and we shot a serbian orthodox wedding which i'd done one before but at the one i'd done like three years ago the groom wasn't serbian so it was like it wasn't full on when i tell you everything was in serbian like we're in cleveland we're in parma right Every single person spoke Serbian. The entire ceremony was in Serbian. All the speeches, except for two, were in Serbian. Like, all the announcing, everything, Serbian, Serbian. I was like, I looked at Justin and I was like, how the fuck are you going to edit this film? You have no idea what anyone's going to say. He's going to have to, like, hire translation. It was, I mean, it was so cool. It really is, like, so fun. I'm someone who like hates tradition at weddings, but like there's something about like deep cultural traditions where you're like they're dancing, they're singing, they're they're, so fun, the food and like like also learning about it. I think is really fun. I mean, granted, I couldn't tell what anyone was saying. Did all of them speak English though? Like if you were to, oh, it was it was not hilarious, but it was very funny to me because they were like speaking Serbian and then they'd say words in English and they just sound like they're from Northeast Ohio with the like the hard A and like everything. I'm like, how funny! But it was really cool. You Um, said there were six hundred six hundred people. That is crazy. Absolutely, the cocktail hour was two hours. Had to because, be, not because they had get to served. greet every single person as they came in because there's no hope to like there is no walking room when I tell you like sardines absolute sardines and um which are disgusting by the way what which are disgusting by the way remember we had that yeah sardines Joe likes sardines tomatoes tomatoes, tomatoes. um but they were the aisle way for like the entrances I mean 
people were just standing up. I was like, if I get a, if I get one shot of them walking up You've in between the, the arms day. and the phones and the, oh my God. Wow. But cool. It was cool. Um, and great names. Nevena was the bride's name. Beautiful. Oh. Wow. Everybody had just beautiful names. Cool. That's fun. That's so different. I'm into those stuff. And the Orthodox priests are cooler. I know. They let you get behind. They want you to get the angles. The traditional Catholic priests are assholes. I'm sorry, but they have a stick up their ass. Right. It's like, come on. I'm here to do a job. So are you. But I think Orthodox priests can get married. So I think they're a little bit chiller. Because they're getting laid on on the regular. Don't quote me on that. I have not looked that up, but I'm pretty sure because I always see them with women, you know, like at their tables. I've done a few Jewish weddings and way cooler. Yep. They are so down to earth. They're shooting this shit with me. Yeah. Like, come on, get up here. You know, like, man, you, you the real MVP. Exactly. So I, I hate tradition, but some tradition is really cool to witness i think i don't i think, think cultures I do... outside our own and yes. their tradition and learning about why it's important to them i think is is and very thing, interesting like you could tell it's important to them right like i think to the bride and the groom, yes, or groom, when groom people, bride, bride. i think when we think about traditional weddings it's just like people going through the motions and not really thinking about like what they're doing they're just like get married at this church get the party bus go to the party center done and it's like if and you're I'll doing tell, it because it's simple and you want to focus on other stuff, but sometimes people are just like, eh, lack some flavor. I like a little bit of flavor. Yeah. Okay, guys, keeping the the tradition alive. Speaking of traditions, we're making this tell me something good. Trying to make a little segment of it. A little seggy. Trying to make a little bit of it yeah. from here on out. Because you know what? We After that mental breakdown, we can use something good. We love to see it. Yes. So... We have someone who wrote in to us, and I want to share it with you guys. She says, I had a huge story to send it in about my good thing, and it was too large to share through Insta message. I guess it's not important. I know you've already done your good things episode, but I just thought that one that is totally unrelated to my actual story I wanted to send in. I finally embraced my least favorite thing about my body, the fupa. After two kids, I've got one. <laughs> and I'm finally comfortable not giving a shit and wearing the high-waisted jeans and tucked-in shirt. I know it won't be uh, read, but I hope other people are sending in good things that'll make you smile, feel positive through your weekend. And I hope I'm not the only weirdo thinking about a good thing way too late. We love to embrace yes. the foop. Okay, we do know that the the fupa is there for a reason to protect the ovaries. It serves a major purpose. Yeah. Okay, and not to mention that. I would say 90% of the human pop- woman population have yeah. it. When you sit down, where does your tummy fat go? If you have, if you have, I fat, just started just, to here. realize that everyone has one. And I just feel like the high waisted just flatters it at this point. Yeah. I mean, why not accentuate your waist and feel comfortable with it? Like it's there for a reason. Yeah. We all have it. Embrace the food. And I, I am here for embrace the food. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I feel like I'm always like embrace the foop. Like I've I've done that with pants, but something that like I struggle with is like in dresses or skirts or something. I don't know. I'm like, oh, it's like, but love the body that you have. Like I have, you know, in my like worst of eating disorders, 
and, you know, lost 70 pounds and whatever amount of time and the thinnest I ever was, I still had, I still had a fupa Mm -hmm. when I sat down. Like there's just, we tell ourselves that if we do X, Y, Z, we'll have the perfect body and we'll finally be happy, but we're not. We never are. It is, it is not about the destination. It is about loving yourself where you're at Mm -hmm. and proud of you. We love to see it. I am proud of that. I love that. Yeah. Embrace the fupa. I just think we all have it. Mm-hmm. We're all self-conscious about it. Subconsciously. Yeah. You know? Like, I feel like it's a thing that everyone's like, oh. Had someone, I hate when, I don't like when girls say when I'm photographing them. Um, mm-hmm. It's typically women that will do it and they're like, can you, can you edit this out? I'm like, no, I like, I like the body that you have. I, right. You know, it's just like, I can't. I, we hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. The moms are like, uh, can you can you Photoshop this this arm fat out of here? I'm like, no, I think you're fine just the way you are. You know, you just yeah. got to keep keep embracing that like body positivity yeah. through people. Just like even it's subtly like you don't need to sit down and have a conversation about it. But just like something that I one of my go to lines is I see no faults. Yeah. Oh, that's Those good. I, I see no faults. Mm-hmm. And people will like laugh it off or whatever. But it's like it's true. It's like uh, the hardest thing when I'm photographing someone is when they tell me, like if I'm doing a door session, a portrait session, they're like, I don't like this side of my face. I don't like this. I don't like this. So can you be aware? And I'm like, I look at you and I see a beautiful person. So I can't keep all of your insecurities in mind because they're yours and I can't carry them. Yeah. I can keep in mind like if you like a certain side of your face, but I'm not going to like, I I can't see what you see. I can't see the hatred you have for yourself. So I can't. something I do see when I look at you. Right. right. Mm -hmm. I remember having, I had to say that to someone not too long ago. And I'm like, I, I I looked at them. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, just honestly, I was just like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're seeing because I don't see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what's cool about Boudar photography, though. Right. I think people are always very happy with the end result that they get and they get to see how we see them Mm -hmm. or how someone else views them and i think they're they're very flattered by it yes it's an empowering experience if you have not done it and it's for all genders it doesn't matter who you are so i think it's to keep that in mind do it for you do it for you yeah Self-love sesh. Yes. Okay. So next we have another DM before we get into the meat. Um, and our meat this week is wedding related. So this DM was wedding related and I didn't want it to get lost. Um, it says, hey, guys, I'm looking for some advice. I'm just finishing up with my master's and I'm currently unemployed but looking for jobs. I live with my fiance who pays the majority of the bills. He wanted a big wedding and I didn't. I knew we couldn't afford it, but he wouldn't give it up. Everything's booked, our wedding's in a year, and now I don't know what to do. We have to take out a loan, but I also have student loan payments coming in in addition to other bills. I've been punching numbers, and even with my salary, I don't think we can afford it. I'm getting beyond stressed, and it's taking the fun out of planning a wedding. I don't know what to do, so we don't fight about it. Mm. So there's like a variety of like what like there's more to know about this situation, right? Like. What do your contracts say? What is this? Like, is there a way to get out? Or I think in the end, it's like if the money is always going to be an issue. It's always a stressor. It's always a stressor. It's always because I'm doing a small wedding, right? I'm doing 70 people. 
Truly, I believe the only way to cut costs at your wedding, the main way, is to cut people. Cut the guests. Cut the guests. Um, it, because obviously if you're having a big wedding, I'm assuming you're having 200 people or more. Um, that means more food. That means more food, more alcohol, bigger venue, bigger. It's all of that. Um, and it's hard. It's a hard problem to solve when you've already paid your deposits. You know, you don't want to lose money. You don't want to fight about it. You don't want to uninvite people. You don't, you know, it's all of those things of like, um, not knowing what to do. Um, I can give some like practical tips, I guess. Like one thing that Josh and I decided to do was um, have a later wedding. So like our cocktail hour isn't until seven. um, And it states on our invitation that it's like drinks and apps. So we're doing like appetizers and like light food. Um, I don't know if you're even allowed to do that at your venue. Like all these things determined. But that helps helped us keep the cost down of like doing like you know, a carving like meat station, like, mm-hmm. like heavier, like a full dinner. It's just kind of like serve yourself light apps. And, yeah. um, that's helped keep some costs down, but really, um, you can look into your vendors. You can see like my videographer is truly, um, and we'll get into it on my full what budget breakdown. Um, it was, it's almost half of the cost of my wedding. So, um, it was just, that was a gift I gave myself because I didn't want to edit my own film. So I had to hire that and it's expensive and it should be expensive. And I value what I do and I value what other people do. And mm-hmm. that's just a situation. Um, but he was willing to take a third payment after the wedding because, um, also, you hired you just, him within short notice. Right. So he's just like, this is extra money. Yeah. yeah. Typically, brides, grooms, brides, brides, grooms, grooms, whoever is getting married um, will book out a year in advance. You were booking out months yeah. in advance. I think to come up with that amount of money, any vendor could understand like, hey, yeah, I understand what I'm asking for. I understand that's what I'm worth. Yeah. Due to the, you know, due to the nature of how soon this is, like, let's just split it up. For, right. Like, you know. I give my other clients this amount of time. Why would I not give that to you? Yeah. And I think like, but what I feel overwhelmingly is the money is going to be worth it. So I'm going to find it and I'm not going to regret it. I'm going to find the money. I would take out a loan if I had to, because the money isn't what is making me unexcited about the wedding. If a large wedding isn't what you want and you're not excited to have a large wedding, it's hard it's hard to spend money on something you're not excited for. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be some of the energy that I'm reading in that is like, I don't want to fight about this, but like you don't want the big wedding and you don't want to go into debt for a wedding you don't want. I would go into debt for this wedding because I want it. I want right. I want exactly what I want, you know, like, and that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, but it is hard. It's hard to compromise. It's hard to, you know, find a vision for a wedding that both people want. Um, and I, I have been surprised a lot of grooms like the bigger wedding. I've found why, that. I wonder why that is. <sighs> I don't know. I think the party maybe the. But I feel like the party's still alive. I mean, like yeah. for bigger weddings, still about 20 
five percent dance yeah you know mm-hmm. so it's like it depending on who you invite yeah but i am sorry that you're feeling stressed about mm-hmm. the planning or you're just like not excited because that comes with anxieties around money yeah like that will just cloud this whole process for you right. and i feel bad about that i mean i would just encourage you to go back to like what I always say, like make a list of what's really important and, you know, divvy it up that way, but understand like why you're getting married. Right. And, and really focus in on the purpose and what's really important about that event for you to be able to see through, you know, the financial hardship or what this is going to put on you, but able to help kind of divvy it up or delegate where the money's going to go. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing I, I say like a lot of times it's like if you're planning something you're truly excited for, that's what I want to see it as like a vendor is, you know, like you would be you would be willing to 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 push to, to take out that loan. But if yeah. it's just causing this stress, there's I'm I have no idea, but it could be something that you feel like is holding you back about yeah. it. You yeah. know, like I wouldn't be willing so like I think our budget for our wedding is like 19,000, 18,000 maybe. That's kind of what it's going to end up being, I think, just with like cuz I'm putting in like some people don't put in dress and stuff, but like my dress, his suit, our rings, like the after the honeymoon, like all of that stuff. I think everything. Yeah, I, I that's when the I, whole thing. When I think budget or I think like yeah, everything, nothing. Yeah. Nothing's off limits. If you're spending it for the wedding for that day, put in it yeah, goes that goes in. Yeah. yeah. So that's like what we're working with. And I'm trying to do that in four months, but now it's seven weeks away, which is crazy. But um, yeah, it's it's impossible to feel good about spending money when you're not excited to go to the event. So I would just try to think about the wedding in a way that makes you excited to go to it. And I would just like, I mean, hopefully you and your fiance have... (laughs) have the mutual respect to be like hey i'm worried that i'm not going to enjoy this day and hopefully he wants you to enjoy the day like hopefully he's like okay let's let's think about this Mm -hmm. you know and whether that's like you guys sharing your vows somewhere private and kind of doing an elopement that way the pressure's off for the reception that way like you don't give a shit about decorations you don't give a shit about you know all the other things and you can just like have a party with your friends and do the reception thing do it that way mm-hmm. um but i mean you can th- also throw us some more deets and i'll we can talk you through some but more budget stuff but the last line that you said is i don't know what to do so we don't fight about it a fear of, of fighting Jess, you can relate to this. We're getting in deep for it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I could definitely relate. Yeah. You hate fighting. Mm -hmm. You hate disagreeing. And I will not bring something up. But with with the help of therapy and setting boundaries for myself, it's only going to create a bigger problem. And it's going to go down deep. And it's going to create some resentment. And especially, especially talk about money. Fucking talk about it. Yeah fucking talk about it i'm telling you right now it's always going to be a stressor it's always going to be something that comes and goes in your life with your partner so the sooner you guys talk comfortably about money the better it's going to be for you in the long run yes so just have these hard conversations 
I know it sucks, but you're so capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. Just get it out there. And like, tell him like, I don't like talking about our wedding because the stress of money. Yeah. And I don't want this to create a wedge in between us. And that's what I'm feeling. Boom. Point blank period. Yeah. Cool. He knows how you're feeling. He knows you're stressed, but it's not about him. It doesn't have to be against yes. him. But just say, hey, this is how I'm feeling about it. Right. What do you think? Like, I don't want to create this wedge. Every fight, a fight should not be. And I think it's hard when you're in a long term relationship. And if you've been in bad relationships or you've had bad experiences to like shift your way of thinking. But fighting isn't the end it is the means to a longer relationship to create to strengthen right. it and it shouldn't i i hate the word fight because we you know you build up this like yelling and maybe like yeah distance and arguing but like it's just in a disagreement you can say like i really don't want to argue about this but i need us to discuss this seriously and you can say your things passionately you can cry you you're allowed you're allowed to do these things because you should feel comfortable at your wedding. You yeah. should feel confident that your money is being spent in the way that you want it to be spent. And you should be able to go through all of these things. And fighting is not the end. It's part of the journey. And you have to be willing to get married to someone that you're going to fight with for the rest of your life. Mic drop. Done. Boom. That was good, Rach. Thanks. The meat. The meat. Finally. We have been gabbing for a while. Gabbing. We do that. The meat's always a loose 15 at the end, I feel like. Lately. And that's fine because this is, I mean, we could get into it or we could keep it loose, but I feel like we we hit some pretty important topics yes. in regards to weddings. weddings, which I feel like is kind of all relative with this. Yes. So, guys, we're going into it. Beat the Meat um, is about parents. Yes. Parents and weddings. And how, how those drive? How do we set boundaries? Mm -hmm. What's it like? And and we'll get into it. We're giving you some top tip of the dicks. We're going to lay out some scenarios as people who do weddings for a living. See this. These dynamics on, play out every we single. It. We see it. We know it. Okay. Yeah. And so we're kind of here to just give give some unsolicited, semi-solicited advice okay. about, about all of that. So... I don't know who wants to go first, right? Why don't you start us off, Jess? Leading us off. Okay, I feel like you're going to touch on this one. But I feel like first and foremost, let's just say you give, them, you give them a task. You have to hand out responsibility to them. Your parents are your parents, guys. They love you. You have to remember that, too. Like, they love you and they want to help you. Yeah. Most parents. Most parents. You know what I'm saying? Guys, you don't choose your family. And I'm not saying everyone's parents are super involved. It doesn't matter their involvement, yeah. but most parents just want something to do mm -hmm. to feel like they're not a lousy parent. Yeah. And I think it's up to you to kind of read that. Like every parent wants, I think not every parent, but in this situation, I think the majority of what we're talking about are parents that are involved, want to be involved, might be too involved, might be annoying. Those are the kind of parent dynamics that I think we see the most. Yes. Um, because it's it's like active parents or absent parents, I feel like, are but, are the things that we see. But you even know, both on, of them, at, like active or absent, they still are want to be over-involved. Yeah. You know? It's and weird. I, it is weird. And I don't know what it, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I can't really dive into the, to the dynamics of it all. But I'm, it's just what we see. Yeah. And I've said this story before, but one of the first weddings just shot with me, 
um, we were out and the bride had like, she didn't have a bridal party. It was just like an intimate like backyard thing. And she had disclosed to me that like she had been like estranged from her mom for a couple years, but she felt kind of like coming up to the wedding. She's like, okay, maybe I, I, I wanted to extend the invitation. Like we hadn't talked. They got lunch. She was like, okay, like you can come. Her mother then like came into the house that she was getting ready at. Do you remember this? Yes. Okay. I was and, thinking one wedding and okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, the, the first wedding I think you ever shot with me. No, second wedding you ever shot with me. The mom didn't show up. You got a lot of mom shit your first year. Yeah. Weird so, mom shit. The mom didn't show up. That's right. And then the second year, third year, whatever, this one I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The mom who like didn't have a strong relationship with her daughter, the bride, tried to like get her in her wedding dress, tried to like push herself into that role, like force herself into I've this like this, loving mother role. I've seen this a lot. And the bride looked at me like a deer in the headlights, like get her out of here, like help, 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 help. And I just was like, we're actually good here. I think we need you down by the tent uh, leaf. <laughs> that is and like me a- and you got her in her dress. Yeah. And that's another thing I have written down is like you're in control. Mm-hmm. You're in control. So you say the word. Also, we don't know your f- family dynamic. Yes, we can pick up context clues. Yes, we are at this point pros at reading people. We'll know. But without your word or without that look, deer in headlights look, mm-hmm. We don't know where to act, but I promised to you that if you give us that look, like, give her out of here, we will absolutely give her a task to do. Yeah. The most meaningless or, you know, something to, fu- to get yeah. her to do, we're going to do it. But just know that you're in control of the whole day and whatever you say goes, whatever boundary you're going to set, everyone's going to follow suit. So just remember that. But mm-hmm. back to that, give them give them responsibility, make them feel valued and involved. That's what I have. Um giving them a specific task and making them feel like they're better at it than you are. Or, you know, just being mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't really just delegate like any yeah. job. You know, if there's something you don't want to do, give it to them yeah. to get it off your chest. It like can only help. bridal shower, rehearsal dinner. Those are big tasks that some people can pass off. Mm-hmm. Um, like you also have to know, do you want your parent around you while you're getting ready? Like look at your relationship for what it is and not what you want it to be. Because I've seen a lot of brides like invite their moms to get ready. And it's just this like bickering. Oh, like it's terrible. Mom is helicoptering. And being critical. And, and the bride's like sweating and yeah. just not feeling confident, which is like not what you want. Right. This is ha- this happens a lot. And you know what I suggest when they tell me the dynamic beforehand? I'm like, hey, let's get mom out of the room. Like before the wedding. I'm like, hey, let's just do a first look with mom so that mom's out of the room. She knows she has her moment yeah. with you, but it's not while you're getting ready. Yeah. And it's not when you're feeling the most critical about yourself. Like, let's just have this be like a nice moment. And then your mom feels just as important because you're yeah. getting, she's getting this big reveal of you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a nice compromise or, yeah. you know, something you could, you could choose to involve your mom in, but not in the getting ready process. Yeah. Cause, hey, mom's get, we know all our body dysmorphia comes from someplace, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Oh gosh, that can style um, will do me in. I wanted to touch on kind of mother of the bride versus mother of the groom dynamics, or bride, bride, groom, groom. Yes, yes, um, yeah. Mothers in general, 
But okay. I think in speaking okay. of tra- in tradition, right? It's like there's if we're talking about straight relationships, right? The mother of the groom. There can be some weird awkwardness. What is it about some of those mother son dances? Mother son dances. I've seen. Are they in love? I've Should seen. They get have gotten married. Slightly sexual. <laughs> like, like the sure. gripping of the neck and the like. In oh, I've seen, <laughs> and I've seen You're like not lying. Your pelvises are too close to each your other. Your crotches in this are dance. touching. Your and crotches that's are touching. Problematic. I, I'm just saying. I've seen it. I don't believe in everything Freud said, but I don't think he was off base 100. percent I think. Do all nail on the head. The all boys want to fuck their moms. I don't know. They don't, but consciously want to. I think the underlying is like they're going to find a woman who reminds. And one of my psychoanalysis of mother son relationships in general is that there are some mothers who try to raise their sons to be the husband that they don't have. (gasps) And it is so fucking awkward to witness. Yikes. Like, it's awkward to witness the, like, cold relationship that the mother of the groom has with her husband, like, the groom's parents. And then just, like, this emotional, like, suffocating, weird vibes between the groom and his mom. I can't. Mm -hmm. And... How many moms have you seen wearing off-white or light pink or light beige? And you're like, Uh, I never put that together. Yeah. I've always wondered why Mother of the Groom is they always wear light beige. They're so intense. They're much more intense than the Mother of the Bride in, in a straight way. Emotionally intense. I think mothers of brides can be intense in like making everything perfect. Perfect. Making it's more about the wedding. Yeah, it's more about the event. Yeah, the the logistics of the function. Yes, of the gathering. But that is that is a topic I would love to deep dive on. Mother son relationships are problematic, Loki. Not all, not all, but. Some weddings. Hey, I'll are call just... it out with my friends. I'm like, hey, this is awkward. Stop <laughs> kissing your son on the mouth. <laughs> like, getting too old. Getting too old. Oh my gosh. I say that as like my family are mouth kissers, but you know. yeah. So we do like a yeah. Like we we just swivel our mouth. <laughs> we're like we're just gonna put our our faces together, but move our lips outward. Yeah, enough. I feel like this is something important to note, okay. Rach, as we talk about parents. And let's talk about overbearing parents' okay. involvement in, in a wedding. Yeah. And I just want to say the when our parents got married, it was a whole different ballgame. And I think talking to them about the different different generations and how weddings now look really different right. than weddings back then. Like they were never pushing the, the envelope, but we we are. Right. A wedding in our parents' generation. There was not always dinner. Like a lot of weddings were church ceremony and a hall in a hall for cake and coffee. Mm-hmm. And that was it. There's or there was like the full blown, like I think Italian weddings have been big forever. Mm-hmm. And like those functions, which were like about feeding 400 people of your 
closest friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> Which is loose because, I mean, big, big weddings. Right. And I feel that they might, that's like their only scope, you know, mm-hmm. of, of what wedding should be. And they want things like the way they had it and they want things aligned with what they had. And I think having that conversation of explaining like what weddings are and going back to why it matters that you want something aligned with who you two are as yeah. individuals is very important to sit down and talk to your parents about like, hey, mutual respect here. I respect what you're saying and what you want for us. But I think for me and so-and-so, this is more aligned with who we are as people yeah. and the purpose of us coming together mm-hmm. is going to make more sense for everybody. Right. So moving forward with that, this is how I want my wedding. And that kind of like curves them a little bit. Like, okay, like I hear you out. I'm not going to fight you on getting married mm-hmm. at the same hall I got married at. I feel right. like it's just like they they just don't know, you know? Yeah. I th- I think... Well, what's hard is it's not until you have like these big life things happen that you're like, shit, I need some boundaries and I've never set a boundary with my mom in my life. Right. And so it's like you're navigating how to do that around something that's very important to you and your parent. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a very daunting task. Yes. But very important. And so I say like all the time, like the more boundaries you set, the better. Like. I had a bride who was worried about her sisters and her mom on her wedding day. Like, very worried. She's like, we all are just so intense. She's like, and I just don't want that. And I was like, well, don't wait for the week before your wedding to (laughs) say that. I was like, you have, you know, they had like a year and a half before their wedding at the time we're talking. I was like, start setting the expectations for how you want your day to feel right now. Start saying, like, I'm just looking forward to being a really relaxed day. Like, I'm really looking forward. Like, I trust my photographer. Like, I just know. Like, I don't have to worry. Like, blah, 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 blah. And just act confidently in your choices. Um, But I think an important piece to this that we need to play with overbearing parents is the money card. Yes. I think that's a huge uh, component of it all, right? It's how much they're contributing and what control that gives them over your wedding. And that is a conversation about boundaries. Right. Because maybe you want a big wedding and you need their finances to do that. You have to ask yourself at like, at what cost? Yes. Like when I've had, you know, wealthy parents paying for their children's wedding and they decide what they wear. They decide the venue. They decide the food. And there are some couples that are like, whatever, we don't care. Some couples are just like, my mom's doing it. And I'm like, if you like that, that's fine. Um, But my biggest red flag, uh, an inquiry I just straight up don't respond to, is when moms, uh, moms reach out. Mm-hmm. I, I it's a ghost from me I don't do that often but I'm like I don't even need to entertain this dynamic for one second because if a parent doesn't trust their child to plan their own wedding then they don't respect you enough as an adult like that's just how I see it like if your mom doesn't trust you to reach out to your own vendors like and I'm different because like I think my relationship with my mom is like I mean, granted, I got to see, I'm seeing her through two weddings, but my mom, I like, I like my mom and she's involved and she loves event planning. She would never come to a, 
a consult with me. She would, I would never want her there. And it's so weird when you go into a consult and you're meeting someone at a coffee shop and them and their mom are sitting there and you're Mm -hmm. like, okay. And then you have to, the dynamic. Yes. You can't be truly yourself around your parent. And if you can, that's rare, but, (laughs) but I think when it comes, like I'm here to learn about you and your partner Mm -hmm. and why, who you guys are as people, what's your inside jokes? What are your quirks? And it's like, I don't know if you're going to honestly speak about that stuff in front of your parents. And that's what I'm there to do. Like, that's how I'm going to be able to do my best work. And if I'm not there to get to know your mom, I'm going to get to know her immediately as soon as I show up at the wedding. I guarantee it. She's going to come and introduce myself. And I love that. And I refer to her as mom the whole day. I'm like, mom, get over here. You know, like, it's that's the relationship between me and her is not as important as me and you guys on your day. And I feel like it's just going back to the purpose and this is just what I'm reading in The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. I'm about to reference it a whole bunch in this whole episode because I feel like it's really important. But it's just aligning the purpose of the event to make it the most meaningful for mm-hmm. everybody involved. So I think when that purpose is set, that creates the connection and the best experience overall for everybody involved mm-hmm. in the event. So that's my spiel. Yeah. I So like I just touched on like, how my mom was in my first wedding versus how she is now. I think like it's hard because like in hindsight, it's, you know, 2020, whatever they say, which is weird to say 2020 now knowing what 2020 was. That was what? Hindsight is 2020, like meaning vision, oh. but like 2020 holds it. Never mind. Numerical. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I got like, it. Oh, I haven't said 2020, not in that context before. Weird. The apocalypse year. Um, <laughs> it was the apocalypse but year. At my first wedding, my mom and I fought constantly, constantly about guest list was huge because I didn't want a big wedding. And um, we, she did. I mean, that's point blank. Do we find this to be the most common? I think guest list is a huge thing that people fight over. Um, but like, I'm inviting like cousins. Like, I don't even, I mean, there were only like I think 180 people were invited to my first wedding. 160 came. Um, I just was like, I don't know these people. I don't like not that I don't like carry like love for them. Not that I've not met them, but it's like they couldn't tell you a single personal thing about me. And um, but in order to like not fight, I was like I folded about a lot of things. There were certain things I didn't fold on, but. It was just, it was this weird thing. And at my second wedding, I don't know if it's, I'm not going to put these words in her. I don't know if it's like embarrassment of like, this is my daughter's second wedding. Like no one really needs to come. I don't think that's how she feels because I know it's going to be a good time. it's just like first wedding jitters versus perspective on life. Right. Like what really matters. Mm -hmm. And um, I think my mom respects me a whole lot. Like I'm an adult now. I was 21 years old planning my first wedding. So like that is a infant basically. Yeah, first experience. I, yeah, first had. truly. And um I think I also went into it because I I was on my guard was up all the fucking way on my first wedding. I was like I'm only letting people in so far. For this wedding, I asked my mom like what type of dress do you see me in? What are what are your hopes? What do you want? Because we had that like respect that like I 
I knew she knew I wasn't going to let her do anything that I wasn't comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But I knew that I wanted her more involved. Like I wanted to feel my mom more at my wedding than I did at the first one. Like I, you know, she brought her to our food tasting and I wanted her opinion on things that like matter to her. Mm -hmm. Like my mom is a host. She loves that stuff. I'm not so much a host. Like I'm excited about marrying Josh, taking pics, looking hot, dancing. Mm -hmm. These are my priorities Mm -hmm. at my wedding. Um, And it's, it is this weird thing of like, Throughout time, people change. And I think it's hard to like establish boundaries earlier. (laughs) But even if you're not married, not engaged, and you know one day that you want to be those things, like can't hurt to start implementing some boundaries early. Start establishing your relationship with your parents uh, off of respect and trying to understand why they are the way they are because it's hard out here. It's hard out here for a tramp. It is. But I think you understand your parents as you get older. Yeah. And you have a lot more understanding mm-hmm. for them as you get older uh, rather than when you were younger, Rach. Yeah. So I think that is a testament to to being young yeah. and being married and, and having that relationship with your mom as you as you have yeah. now and wanting her more involved. And yeah, I love that. And even my dad, like I was very guarded over um our guest list the first time this time i just knew i wasn't inviting the extended extendeds right so i immediately cut things off i guess but my dad wanted my dad asked me for this wedding if he could invite some of his like colleagues and i was like my dad wants to see wants people to see me get married it was this like honor like that i thought of like my dad's closest friends and like people he works with and sees all the time he wanted them to see me get married Mm -hmm. and he's like so can we invite these it's like eight people yeah. And I was like, yeah. And I also see them as kind of like emotional support people for my dad. Like a right. group of people my dad can go talk to and feel comfortable, which I also think is important. Think about the purpose of a wedding and of the event as a whole is like to get people together, to spend time, to uh, which otherwise you wouldn't. So I think devil's advocate for your parents being overbearing and trying to invite people. It's like they don't get to see them as much. So when they input like, I would like to spend time with them that I can't yeah. get with them otherwise. Yep. Does people, that make sense? People do treat weddings like family reunions. Right. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. And that's up to, to the people getting married. But I'm just saying as like a devil's advocate, I think when it comes down it's to logical. it. It's, it's a logical thing that they're thinking of like, this is when our family sees each other. But it's also up to you to be like, hey, if I don't know their name. And you have to introduce me. That's a no for me. Yeah. Dog. I'm going to have to pass. But that's up to you to decide. But if your budget is endless and you want all the people, go for it. But I'm just saying, like, I think there's a point of understanding where they're wanting to to show you off, to be, to have a moment of pride mm-hmm. in their in their child. So just a devil's advocate. Look devil's at avocado. It. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Where, where were we? We kind of... Went off. I think we can start. Do you have a new, another? No, tabby? I really. I think I touched on them all in like the the meat, like in the ebbs and flows. I did say something about. I think this is a good tip, but I think planning time for your parents to get to know each other. If this is something that you feel is 
providing some anxiety around your parents. You uh, mean like the couple's parents? The couple's meeting. parents. So parents on each side. Yeah. To get to know each other outside of wedding stuff, I think was important. Uh, that might cause some anxiety for your parents of like how to act and be helpful and be doing the most. And I think just creating a relationship with them sooner other than wedding stuff, I think is important. It's something I wish I did more. But also if like you don't want your parents involved. <laughs> I see. Yeah, but that's but it's two ends of the spectrum is what yeah. I'm saying. It's like, like like our moms met, which is great. But it's just like our our parents are very different and believe very different things fundamentally about the world. And my dad can't go 30 seconds without mentioning how much he hates Republicans. Mm -hmm. So I just, in general, I'm like, let's leave it to that one day where I hope no one feels the need to talk about politics. Yeah. We uh, hope. That's could be your rule. Yeah. You could put it out there. You, you create a purpose. You create a rule. Yeah. No mention. No mentioning of, of politics. It doesn't serve the purpose of the day, so we shouldn't be doing it. Right. But... Yeah, so I avoid. I'm. I've avoided them meeting at all costs for it, for. And it's two ends of the many. spectrum of that. I think if it's something your parents have mentioned, yeah, and also like parents of divorced families, I understand that that's like <sighs> two, three, four different occasions of meeting, and um, I know that could be tricky. But it's just something to keep in mind if you feel like if that's something that your parents are badgering you about, or that's an anxiety for you, go ahead and just yeah, find it. Find find some excuses to like have everybody meet even with stuff that's not about the wedding just like birthday dinner yeah. or like just find excuses for people to get together that's mm -hmm. not like that's not just about the wedding that's not just venue shopping that's not just tastings that's not just like create yeah. an organic experience because i mean realistically like these people will be grandparenting together if you guys want to have kids yep. you know like it's it could be the start of like a really great relationship and support system yeah. um like What's really like my grandma's best friend is my uncle's mother-in-law or yeah. So my grandma has two kids, Sherry and Scott, Scott's wife, Debbie, her mom and my and my grandma are BFFs. Yeah. And they're just like in-laws and it's, it's great. You want to build that relationship, you know, yeah. as soon as you can. I agree. Okay. So I know we've mentioned the like absent parent dynamic but i want us to like touch on that more because it is you are not alone <laughs> you are not alone in wanting your parents to be involved and maybe your parents just aren't reliable maybe they aren't supportive you know maybe they don't want to come you know how many same-sex weddings have we seen like i'm i have a same-sex couple this year two women and the bride's entire family is not coming the entire family, except for wow. her sister, will not be one sister. That is and she has multiple siblings. And we wow. want to know that, like, we see you and we know that, like, this exists. And it's uh, like honestly heart heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's hard to, whether we like it or not, weddings have had a cultural impact on us. We think about our weddings growing up. We think about what it will be like and when the people that you love the most and that you want to love you the most don't show up for you in that way on your on one of your most looked forward to days it can be really hard really hard um 
And I can't really relate on my end to not having supportive parents. Um, but I can just say that therapy can help and lean on the people who you feel you can lean on on that day they cannot replace them it's not what i'm saying but they can step up if they know that that's the responsibility or what you're looking for yeah the absence is felt you know even if it's a parent that passed away a parent that's choosing not to show up whatever it may be the absence is felt and People have a really good way of rising to the occasion. Yeah. So lean we, on the yeah. yeah. Lean on the people who you you call family. Yeah. And, and and you'll know. Like you'll know before you even, you know, when you start planning your wedding, how involved or distant your family might be, whether that's your mom, your dad, whoever. Um so I know that a lot of weddings are surrounded by by tradition, you know, first looks with dads, dads walking down the aisle, like all this stuff. And I think, um, and even what I'm doing with having a non-traditional wedding is like, get excited about what you're doing. Like, I love my dad. My dad is one of my most treasured people in my life. And I'm walking down the aisle alone. And I, you know, I'm visualizing that. I'm excited for it. And originally, Josh and I were going to walk down the aisle together, but he wanted, he said, he's like, I just think I really want that memory of me seeing you walk down the aisle. And um, I, you know, I'm making the choice to walk down alone. I could walk down with my dad. I could walk down with my mom. I could walk down with my sister. I have so many people that love me and support me. But in this stage, it's like, I am excited to stand on my own and walk into this marriage knowing that I can stand on my own. And I love the support that that symbolically brings, right? Of a parent or a loved one, brother, whatever, walking you down. But at this time, it's like, I'm going to walk down the aisle. I'm going to hug my parents tightly. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go get married to my best friend. And that's the vision. And I think it's like getting excited about breaking the mold, whether you have to break the mold because people aren't showing up or whether you want to. Right. And I think it's trying to just like turn things and spin things to like be a day that's about you. And I, I hate that that means for so many people that, you know, they're not getting, they're not having the traditions they wish they could have, Mm -hmm. but don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. Don't compare yourself to your best friend who, you know, didn't grow up in your situation and with, with your stuff. Like it's, it's hard. Like Josh and I talk, I mean, Josh has talked about like his, you know, not in detail but like his family dynamic is very different to mine in a lot of different ways and um that could be hard for him to see me like just have what is an endless bucket of support and love yeah but i mean we just know now that like he's in that family now and it's it's hard weddings bring up a lot yeah and i feel like just understanding that Everyone there is to honor you too and, and your union and what that represents and that those people played a part in that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's important to understand too. It's like, it doesn't matter who those people are to you. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they're family, friends, the guy you met at the grocery store, if they played a part, they know that they're there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter like what dynamic that they are. Mm-hmm. If like you can call them family or people that helped you bring you there to right. where you're at. Yeah. But in the end, this is the day that should reflect 
the priorities and values of you and your partner. And we hope that your parents respect that, understand that. And overwhelmingly, I think our hope is that your families know you. I think that can be hard if you might have a dynamic with your parents, grandparents, whatever, and they don't really know who you are. They don't have a full scope of like that person. Um, But what a better way to like show people more about yourself than to have a wedding that's all about you. Exactly. And you and Joe did a great job of that, of like just like the little touches of like music and like Mm -hmm. your guest book and all these things of like, this is who Mm -hmm. we are and this is what we, our priorities are and what we love. And um, take time to think about that and to walk into marriage, celebrating it accurately to who you are. Right. And just putting you... In union with a person the way you want it. Mm-hmm. We say that a lot, but I feel like we could say it a million times just to nail it in about choosing your day to value and honor you mm-hmm. and you two only as individual people building a life together. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Double thumbs up. We're proud of you. This is a hard thing. Honor yourself through the hard things. Planning weddings fucking work. Yeah. It's really daunting at times yeah. and hard and, and more work than you'll do for a lot of things because it matters. And that's and that's cool. So you're capable. You're capable of doing it. And just, just keep your priorities and, and values in your heart as you yes. plan. What a, yes. what a good app. I hope so. I hope this is logistically helpful for some people yeah we we really went in deep a little bit yeah but also then fun but i guess i stand by my freudian slips of uh, (laughs) mothers and sons i stand by i i can attest i can attest sums up sums up sums up (laughs) oh my gosh okay well we'll see you guys next week i guess next week we'll have something cooked up for you cooking up cooking up we're cooking it up now cooking it up cooking it down whatever this is for better and worse podcast i'm jess i'm rage and we out of here